2: Welcome to Kick Back and Sunday League Pundits presented by Betway. We got another little collab going on. And as Canada soccer fans and as Canadians, we watch every single game and we just feel like we always have to recap and let everyone know our thoughts because football, the sport of football is growing in our country and we're excited about it. And now we have some Gold Cup action to talk about. I have Waz and Brett on the show here today. And yeah, so Canada drew Guadalupe. Yesterday in Gold Cup action, Canada ranked number 47th in the world and Guadeloupe is unranked in the world. So an interesting scenario because I feel like I can speak for many Canadians. No one was expecting us to come out of BMO Field, a home game, not having a win against Guadeloupe
3: voice is it is it pronounced guadalupe or guadalupe
4: i'm going guadalupe. with guadalupe i know it's
2: guadalupe but
4: i'm going with guadalupe just i honestly
3: so i'll admit i i had a footy match uh, going on during this game so I couldn't really follow along I follow along the score line but while I'm following the score line like I'm'm I'm, I'm seeing my FUTMob app refresh I'm like we're, we're losing we're drawing what's going on this is Guadalupe at first I thought it was France because it's a flag but I'm like <laughs> you know, I't do I was a little concerned Everyone's was like what's happening
2: just, my- so just for reference I know a lot of people the broadcast kept saying Guadeloupe so oh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna head I'm gonna stick to the broadcast just in case there's a different
4: Can we please version get a Guadal- a I,
2: so if anyone yeah if anyone comes for any of us the we're just going with what we heard what we know what's natural to
3: be fair when it comes to names people will come at you for anything i anything. remember when like brett made a tiktok about messy and it's like it's pronounced lean not lionel get it right I <laughs> i'm like <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's not Lionel Richie.
2: No, I know, <laughs> but down, it's Calum. true. It's true. I get so nervous whenever I make any like videos because if you have the slightest wrong inflection, like Gundawan yeah. or Gundawan, like it, it's a big deal. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. I hear so many people say it in different ways. We also have Canadian accents. <laughs> yeah. We just, then- you know, the best is, is if you come up with like a little nickname. And, and you just stick with the nickname. <laughs>
4: exactly. Yeah. We had uh, la- like, last year, Rudiger and Rudiger was... Uh, you yeah. know, it's funny. Since
3: Brent and I also work in hockey, it's kind of the opposite. People don't really care how it's pronounced. For example, Clem Cost. And the way you pronounce the name is Clem Cost. And people are like, ah, it's Clem.
2: But... You know what? Tomato, tomato.
4: Yeah. Exactly. I'm going with Guadalupe just because okay. it's fun. We can cover all of our bases and someone's going to get in trouble anyways. But <laughs> yeah. I think really the biggest of trouble should be on the shoulders of every Canadian men's national team player that was involved in that match. And John, well, everybody who contributed to that game, because that was when you go to the world cup and you play Belgium and and put them to, to the brink, you play Morocco, Croatia to the biggest stories in the world cup. And then you go up against a team that not only are they unranked, they aren't a part of FIFA. This is not even a country who can compete in the World Cup. Never mind that we can even try or be ranked. They aren't even in FIFA and you're going out there. And yes, there were no other than Vittoria and, and Borean European based players starting in this lineup for, for Canada. But you're at a point now as a federation that you need to get results better than this you should be going into like you said Caroline this is a whole match in Toronto and the weather wasn't great it fits all all into the Canadians hands and you sit there you allow the first goal of the game and you tie allow the
2: draw on an own goal set piece from Guada freaking Lupe what are we doing no I mean I completely I agree because and we mentioned this after Canada lost to the U.S. in the Nations League final, right? Obviously, they're taking on a much higher caliber team in the U.S., still a poor performance from the Canadians. But then you you assume that they're going to regroup, come back onto home soil with the Gold Cup. It's not their A team, but still a really good B team that should have beaten A team that's unranked in the world that can't compete, like you said, Brett, in the World Cup. And the standard for me in my mind has always been that game against Belgium. We saw the Canadians work hard, fight hard, string together a lot of great passes, have chances. You know, there there was just there was quality in that game. That was a game where I watched. I said, "Oh my goodness, Canada just showed the entire world that they can come into these tournaments and compete." And unfortunately, and again, this. This is nothing against how Canada played in the World Cup. But since that game, they weren't able to reach that level. You know, Croatia, I said, took them down a peg. Morocco wasn't the best game. And coming out of that tournament where they gained so much experience, they gained so much you know, ability to play with each other as a team, which is so important. We haven't seen them build on that Belgium performance. And that's what scares me. It's like, we're stagnant, if not taking a few steps backwards, because in my honest opinion, and I say this respectfully, Canada, one, needed to win. And two, that goal that happened, that Guadalupe scored, can never happen. I understand international games, you know, can go one of two ways and things happen. But that was a terrible, terrible breakdown with experienced players around the ball. You know, Borian, I think, could have been better on that save too. I know he slipped, but the ball's right there. It, It was just such a bad breakdown against a team that respectfully shouldn't have an opportunity to split our back line and have these little, like, cheeky passes around our back line. So it's tough for me because Belgium was, we were all watching that game at our, you know, Canada watch live party for the World cup. And we were so excited. And I just haven't felt that since the Belgium game. And of course Canada had that moment, you know, where we scored our first ever world cup goal against Croatia. So there's been moments, but consistently as a team from a, from a high level performance, I mean, maybe it's just me, but have you guys seen it since the Belgium game? That. or maybe like you know like i just have not
3: no oh. no no there's nothing that's really excited me like play wise from canada there's nothing that's screaming me oh look at canada they're progressing you know it just feels very flat and stagnant it's like it's, it's not the same vibes when they we were qualifying for example i know they were on a high at the time but there's just there
4: hasn't been that high since the world cup canada has won one game against panama yeah, they've lost every other match, including the matches in the, the, the World Cup. And you lost a trophy against your bitter arch rivals in a match where you could finally prove all the talk that we've been having for the last two or three years. You can finally prove why everybody was right. And they came out flat in that match. And they come out against Guadalupe not a part of FIFA and you draw that match yes a lot of those guys by the way I forgot Junior Hoylet was also in that starting lineup so three European based guys but two of them you mentioned Vittoria and Borian on that first goal looked like amateurs and you can't have that from the two players who are supposed to be the leaders in that lineup and especially in a lineup that there were so many players already playing out of position especially for a guy like bombito who's in his first cap for canada he's a, a wing back. he's a winger and he, he's playing in the midfield as a central mid and defensive mid there were so many different issues that were going on into this game where it almost seemed like we were trying to be too pretty and it backfired
2: i love that you say that brett in the sense that canada at times i do think tries to be too pretty in the final third. That's one of my li- on my list. Like, we'll go through our cons. We'll get the bad stuff out of the way right now, and then we'll hit on maybe some positives that we saw from the game. And one of my, you know, cons, in a sense, you know, things I want to see more from this Canadian team. When do we really see a player take a really dangerous strike on net? Like, mm-hmm. we don't have a player to just go and do that. And Lorea, I think, had a really good strike on net towards the end of the game, but I want to start seeing more of that. I mean, it's Guadeloupe. Why aren't we testing this goalkeeper? Why are we always trying to play these really nice, you know, passes and backflips, backflicks in in the box? Take a strike. Uh, I rarely see someone do that. And, and how can you have all these dangerous shots on net? If if you're not doing that, I mean, you look at some of the best teams in the world. Modric isn't a, Modric is a midfielder. He's not afraid. Kevin De Bruyne, he's taken, Mm. you saw the crack he took in the champions league. We don't have these players right now who I feel like are doing that. And that's, that's the thing is sometimes it doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be dangerous. And it takes like a couple of those moments for this team to get, get that kind of confidence again i know our our core starters weren't there today but even then sometimes i know one of my biggest you know remarks after the world cup was like i would have liked to see canada get more chances on net more strikes on net so yeah it's 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 a lot from top to bottom again i know it wasn't canada's a team but this 100% should have been a win for canada and it needs to uh, a lot of things need to be figured out. I want to read you guys a comment that I got from someone on Twitter and I want to know what you thought about it. So I basically tweeted like, we're going to be breaking down the game, the goal that happened against Canada can happen. And um, thank you, Trent for responding to me. And he said, this team is in a transition player wise and as an organization in the CSA transition is messy and looks bad at times, but the main goal is to get this team primed for hosting a world cup in 2026 and going deep in it. You have to dig a deep hole before you can lay a new foundation. So, I read this, I agree, right? Like mistakes are going to happen. Like it's, it's, it's just going to happen. You have a lot of new players, Ali Ahmed, I thought was like awesome. I, I I thought he was so good and we need to, we were saying this on our last episode of kickback. We need these players to get that experience. I'm happy they're getting this right now in the gold cup because we need to work on our depth. But in a sense, I I don't really think we're in a transition because we have our core group of players. You know, I, I feel like now we're, we have to build on what was our world cup performance in Qatar. And we're, it feels like we're not building on that. And with 2026 so close and Copa America right around the corner with some of the best teams in the world, we can't be talking about like a transition. We got to be talking about solidifying the core and, and getting immense quality from that core. What do you guys think?
4: The big thing with that is I, I agree. Uh, and again, but like you said, the, how is the, how should this be a transition? I think, again, we look at that world cup and go, Oh, there's the high we can get even mm. higher. And it should be, as we talked about, it's mm. not linear. It's not going to be linear and there are going to be the dips and dots and whatever, but lo- or drawing. It feels like a loss to Guadalupe. Yeah. It, it is not progress it Doesn't matter how, how you look at it. Yes. You have guys like Ali Ahmed, who has had a great story, even in the last couple of months earlier, I believe it was last month in the uh, Canadian uh, cup. He was knocked out cold on the pitch. There were, it was a, about a 20 minute break between them. And I believe it was uh Pacific oh, wow. FC wow. if I'm not, I mistaken. didn't know that. And he, He had to be transported to hospital and and the story for him to be able to come back and play like he has in his first match is fantastic. Those are the players you need to start paying attention to. Jacob Schaffelberg, who's having a great year in Nashville too, he needs to start getting looks as well and he looked well. He looked good. Those are the types of things when it comes to development and and the the transition period that I would understand, but a draw to Guadalupe without your, again, you don't need Davies or David or stack or Buchanan against this team. You can have Buchanan light in Russell Rowe, who I saw. I thought, I genuinely thought it was Buchanan for a <laughs> second. You can have those players in there and, and still have a transitional yep. period. And you can still lose and draw games, but you can't do that against a a team like Guadalupe. I agree. It's like
2: I would never look at the goals scored against us and say, oh, we're in a transitional period. Uh, Oh, you know, we that's unfortunate. We're in a transitional period. I I mean, the way I saw it was like, whoa, if Guadalupe just did that to us, what's Argentina going to do to us? what what's Brazil going to do to us? You know, Ecuador, Ecuador is one of my favorite teams at the world cup. You know, these are the teams that Canada might be competing against in the Copa America. So yeah, as much as I understand the transition in, in, in the sense that we need to start bringing these younger players forward and depth is so, so, so important. I just, I feel like Canada is almost like kind of, we're now we're at the phase now where it's like solidifying the core and working on quality. And yeah, I just, uh, I, this is so hard for me to say, cause I, I love this team so much. I just haven't seen it since Belgium.
3: <clears throat> yeah. Maybe he means like transitioning from veteran players like Borean and Victoria. Like, I, I don't Which, know. Which like, maybe, will maybe, we
2: though? Will like, we? I hope so.
3: Cause I think Borean might need to, <laughs> he's been, I know uh Canadian men's national team supporters have not been a big, big fan of Borean and how much, how Herdman's been sticking to him throughout so many tournaments. I mean, I, I get it. Like he played well for us during qualifying, but I think it's important, especially in a term like the gold cup now, where you can maybe rotate and see what you have. Big time.
4: But that's that transition we're talking about, right? Like you said, was you got to move on from the place. Yeah. Like I think, and Bol- yeah. Sorry.
3: But Brett. it's so
2: interesting, but right the, guys, because in the game against the U S everyone was like, where's Vittoria, right? Like we were like, he's not playing. <laughs> so it's like this big question mark in the program. If it's not Victoria, and if and, and I forget the the other individual's name, he kind of had a tough game. Who who was in his position against the U.S.? Um,
4: um, oh, uh, yes. Sorry, I, I split, split my mind. mind but it will come back. Yes.
2: So we were kind of like, oh, okay, you know, inexperienced, and Victoria was on the bench. Why wasn't our most experienced player on the field? And then against Guadeloupe, everyone's like, oh, Victoria. You know, hey, new players need to come in. So it's like these question marks, like, do we even have players for those positions that are like the guy it's the guy, it's the starting lineup. It's the back line that's solidified. That's, what's kind of scary. And Victoria is a very experienced player. So, you know, these things happen, but again, again I, I'm it, if it's Lionel Messi, we're saying, okay, he, you know, he was had, it happened, it happened to guard all in, in the world cup, you know, the best defender in the tournament. And, you know, Messi did his, did his thing, but it's, respectfully it's Guadeloupe like it just can't be happening so this is yeah it's it, this is where I'm like a lot of question marks right now going into next year in, in 2026 and I don't blame a lot of Canadian fans for feeling confused like apparently the fans were booing Canada at BMO yesterday and I've never heard no anyone like we're Canadians <laughs> we don't like you know that doesn't it, it must take a lot to make us upset like that, and a lot of fans were booing the team.
4: Um, it was Scott Kennedy, by the way, in the last match yeah. against the States. But it, there are players, and, and this is what kind of concerns me as well with this type of, of, of result and the same against uh, the U.S., is that there's players who are on the brink or, or who have multinational uh, uh, passports that are able to go represent other countries who are going to take a look at that and go, well, then what am I here for? Uh, I'm thinking Mo Farzee with uh, Columbus right now, who got the invite with Canada, in the CPL with Cavalry. He's had an unbelievable meteoric rise over the last couple of years with the MLS or in the MLS. And he goes, "Mm, I'm still weighing my options. It's either... Canada or Algeria. Uh you have guys who are injured right now like Lucas McNaughton who plays for Nashville and he would have been great in a match like this, a big body, he's tenacious, he played for TFC last year and was even with the team with uh in Qatar last year as well just to kind of get the feel of things around the national team. With Borean you have guys like St. Clair. Okay. You have guys like Sirius right now. Sirius in uh, Vancouver or Montreal, excuse Montreal or Vancouver? Vancouver, Vancouver, excuse me. Uh, Chouinier as well, who's not a goalkeeper, but he's getting a lot of love too. Uh, and Maxime Crapo is injured right now. So you have guys and take out Chouinier. He's just a player, he's not a goalkeeper. But you have guys who can step into the goalkeeping position and be relatively, at least when you take a look at their domestic success ready for that spot. Next game, I think you have to put in Dane St. Clair. You, you absolutely have
2: to. I could not agree more. And we said this on last episode and I said, I'm sure Borian's the best person with the best leadership qualities. And this is nothing against him as an individual, but you need a goalkeeper to be making you these big time saves to keep you in the game. And he doesn't, he hasn't been doing that for Canada. And you, it's just for me, I'm, I'm like ready to see the next goalkeeper come in because I sometimes worry. I'm like, he's getting so much time. Is this, is this what, what 2026 are we, you know, working with Borean for 2026 oh God, for the be... Copa America? Because that's what I'm like, if he's getting so many minutes, if, if, if he's the guy that we're looking forward to, if he's the leader, you know, the captain, all of these things, is he, yeah. is he our, is he our main goalkeeper? But there are so many issues, again, respectfully, that need to be addressed because there needs to be someone to make those big saves. And we just haven't been seeing that. So I have some worries, guys. I'm not going to lie. Like I have a little bit of concern and I Brett, I, I completely agree with you. I, I would have liked to see someone else in a game where there's been so many changes in our starting 11 and so much youth coming in, which I love. Like we need to work on our depth big time switch out the goalkeeper. Like, let's see what someone else can do in that position. Maybe maybe they're surprised, you know?
3: I'm kind of surprised. I thought Borean was a lot older. He is 35. And I mean, not to compare them, but like, I mean, Italy was using a 35-year-old Buffon back, but like (laughs) apples to oranges, right? But like at the same time, you need to like experiment. And Borean just hasn't been good enough. Like I I thought like, I saw that one goal from Guadalupe. And I'm like, I swear my Sunday league keeper could have saved that.
4: <laughs> hey, show some respect to ask. I have I respect no. <laughs> to him. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but a hundred percent. Like you, you sit here, and, and it almost feels like beating the dead yeah. horse here. But you have the the goalkeeping position is a great spot for you to be able to platoon a guy who needs to get a look. You, it just doesn't make sense to me why in a match against Guadalupe, where you need to go and put out Borean who is stretched out to the nines already. And you brought it up. Milan Borean is not going to be the guy when the world cup comes around in 2026. He's not, uh, we can talk about these 35 and may have the the age and fine wine of, of a Gigi Buffon, but Probably not. And you sit here and you're just going to not develop the
2: next players. I don't get it. Absolutely agree. It takes time. It takes time to get that experience with the national team. Mistakes happen, right? Like um, Russell Rowe, the own goal, that sucks. You know, uh, own goals are are so unlucky. And, and, you know, there's obviously some some accountability on him with, with positioning and whatnot. But at the end of the day, With experience, these mistakes probably won't be happening. So, you know, these young guys need this game time. They need the match experience. They need to know what it feels like to be playing in front of fans, playing with the team. All of this stuff factors into experience. And we need, if we're going to be developing a goalie for 2026, because right now, like, I know it's not possible or it's unlikely, but it feels like Borean's the guy. And because he's just getting so much time. So I'm just like, why aren't we working with a goalkeeper who is going to be the guy, unless that's what they're going with. And this, this is what I mean. Like there's so many question marks. It's so confusing.
4: The thing too, you mentioned the own goal, which came from a set piece, set pieces have been far from a strength for, for Canada. It kind I don't, of I don't saying, even remember the last time I scored one. Well, it, you know what? It might've genuine and not even scoring, getting scored on and that's where that second the the equalizing goal came from was that set piece the last time if i'm not mistaken would have been against mexico in edmonton at the ice teca other Mm -hmm. than that i don't think there's been another one and that's an issue. You mention Argentina, Brazil, Ecuador on on set pieces. You take a look at any type of Latin game when it comes to set pieces, mm-hmm. and it is uh, an absolute mastery of. Yeah. And you even kind of saw it from the Canadians in one of their set pieces early in the first half. I mean, tic-tac-toe, Larea got it, and then into, uh, I believe it was Ahmed or or Bombito, I believe. But you have the ability. But what happens when you play against one of those teams? It's an issue. It, it, It is an issue, and it, again, concerns me. And that seems to be the theme of this entire match is...
0: and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: That's not good. Not completely. I feel like we're all on the same page. I want to know, how did you guys feel when, or you know, Waz, I know you couldn't watch, but Brett, when Hoylet, and Liam Miller were taken off the field.
4: Best players to two of your better, like uh, offensive players, other or attacking players other than Ali Amen.
5: I was and so
2: confused.
4: Junior Hoylett uh, you mentioned having shots from distance. He took one early in the first half. Yes. I thought it went in and that's what you're saying. Like that you have that opportunity. You're making the Guadalupe in, uh, inexperienced internationally goalkeeper a little bit nervous you know you got to make him work and you have guys like Hoylett Miller again was a a bomb up and down the wing he looked fantastic great on the ball good service too and uh, yeah I just it seemed like when they were taken off it was like all right let's get some of our development going well this isn't a 30 minute development match this was supposed to be be a 90 minute development mm-hmm. match where you actually develop and that didn't happen.
2: Yeah. And I'm all for the development side. We've been, you know, preaching that for the last two episodes, but also in a game that it's kind of a must win. Your two best yeah. players. I agree those are, that's in some of my pros list, you know, Liam Miller, Hoylet, Ali Ahmed, Cavallini, I think worked really hard. Um, Russell Rowe, you know, Liam Miller and Hoylet for me were two really like spark players. Uh, and when they were coming off, I'm like, why, why, you know, like Liam Miller, you know, was, was challenging for the ball, beating players to the ball, uh, you know, having really good service, creating opportunities. I was really impressed with him. I also think he looks like a version of Machine Gun Kelly. So I thought that that was fun. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Hoylet was my, was, was one of my favorite players to watch. And I'm just like, why are we taking them off when, when we need to, you know, kind of be getting some balls into the back of the net. So uh, do you guys think that John Herdman deserves some accountability in this match?
4: Caroline, you mentioned it. And I think we've, uh, I've been meaning to bring this up and I always forget when it comes to my turn to speak, but this is still a tournament. This is the gold yes. cup and those are valuable points. Not only is this a development of having all your MLS and CPL guys of getting an opportunity, this is still an opportunity to also win a trophy, That's a draw and points that you dropped and you're falling behind teams like Mexico, like USA, like Panama, like El Salvador. You can go on and on that you're now sitting behind and going, hmm, if only we got those two points earlier on. Well, they were right Mm -hmm. there. And I think that is the thing when it comes to John Herdman is that, yes, this is a 100% winnable game. It should have been a game ended in in our hands 100%. But we did all of the wrong things tactically. And again, feels like we lost. Like, we talked about it on the last episode on whether or not that was the the measuring stick or if the the gold cup would have been the measuring stick or the the Copa America would have been the measuring stick for John Herdman. Now it seems like it's going to be potentially the gold cup because you can't have that result against Guadalupe. You cannot Imagine if this was the States. Imagine what would be going on if the States drew 2-2 because of a uh, 93rd minute own goal equalizer. The internet would have been
2: disrupted.
4: They, we wouldn't even be on this call right now because there'd be no way the internet would even.
2: Well, I remember before the world cup, the U S had these friendlies and they weren't doing well at all. And a lot of American fans were really worried, really concerned. Like what the hell's going on? What's Berhalter doing? Cause there were questions with Berhalter, you know, putting players in the right position tactics. Is there a number nine who can score goals? You know, kind of similar to what Canada might be experiencing too. And the difference was the U S got out of their group out of the world cup, you know, surprised a lot of people got out coached against the Netherlands, but since the world cup has been like really, really, really good. Um, you know, I'm still, like we said, I don't think Burhalter is the guy, but that's, you know, way above our pay grades and interest levels or whatever, but it's kind of like, I wish we saw that transition with Canada. You got your experience at the world cup and we're building on that. And we, we haven't guys, like we haven't. And what scares me is that after the game against the U S there was a lot of criticism on Canada, right? Like we, we all knew it. We were talking about it. It was all over Twitter, whatever. Everyone's like, okay, now the gold cups next week. And it's a must win. It's against Guadalupe. There's a chance for them to rebound. We know that the big guys, you know, the big guns on Canada aren't playing, but this is such a big opportunity for Herdman to get his boys together and win this game because it was very important for us to even know like, okay, we can take a deep breath. Bad games happen against the US. It's in the past go on, but now we're in the gold cup, which is another tournament, which is important. Every game matters and we're I agree with you, Brett. It feels like a loss. I take that as a loss. Like I even have to remember, like, did we draw or did we lose? Because I, the game ended yesterday. I'm like, I I'm proud that they kind of got back into the game after being a goal down. They should have never, ever been a goal down to begin with. And then we should have found a way to solidify the win and not let Guadalupe get back into it. So yeah, just so many thoughts, <laughs> so many thoughts. <laughs>
4: My question, kind of going back to the the development issue is, and this may be kind of taking a look on the bright side here, but do you think we're kind of now in the stage of our growth into international football to where the USMNT were four, five, six, seven years ago? Because Mm -hmm. we are now seeing these younger players like, again, Davies, uh, uh, David, Estacchio, Buchanan, they're all under 23 years old. Like These are still young players. The new players that you're going to bring in, like if Ali Ahmed keeps playing like he is, he's going to Ishmael Kone too. You can go on on all these players that are very, very good and are young still. Take a look four, five, six, seven, eight years into the future for Canada. Do you think where the US MNT are now? Do you think Canada can be there then?
2: Wad, do you want to answer this?
3: I'm um, sorry. I, I just kind of wanted to add in also with about John Herdman. Is like you, you kind of want to see what he can do without you know Alpanzo Davies, Jonathan David, those core players. Mm-hmm. How can he get the most out of these like more? pressure, younger players, because, you know, I, I, you know, time, you know, we know how good Alfonso is. Does he carry the national team at times? does he, you know, kind of, I don't know how to, how to put it really show. He cut trying to do too much. No, I, I think he kind of covers maybe Herman's weaknesses at times. I, like, I, don't, I don't know. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, Mm-hmm. I feel like we should be seeing more out of John Herdman as a coach at a tournament like this, showing what he's really made of. So it's like, but I, maybe he's yeah. overthinking decisions on players, tactically overthinking mentally, just trying to make too much out of it. I, I don't know.
4: So then do you think from that Sorry, Caroline, just kind of to pick was, was his brain from that to where we can be in the future. Do you think that what, herdman is doing now can lead to where the usmnt are in the future or do you think that we're just kind of in limbo and yes we're developing or how do you think do you think we can be where usmnt is now eight years from Uh,
3: ideally we should be where the u.s men's national team is i think we have the players to do so but right now in the present it does feel it's like stagnated right it's it feels like it's just flat. there's like a you know the, the you talk about the linear the progression it feels like we're at a flat and it's like nothing is going up nothing's really going down it's just like it's so hard to tell what, what the direction of the, the national team is with these you know younger players and the veteran players is how they play together it's like we know our core players but what about the players around them right i, I just yeah
2: I agree with Waz. Uh, I, that's that's ideally what we want to see. I think that there's a few things, you know. We, we saw Canada before the world cup, quote unquote, Kings of CONCACAF, you know, they're doing really well. We're, we're saying, okay, they're going to peak at the right time at the world cup. Uh, and you know, like we've been saying all episode, it, it hasn't felt like that since since the world cup and I'm not, my expectations aren't crazy. I'm not expecting, you know, Canada win nations league and then go and win yeah. World cup. Of course, that's, that would be the best case scenario, but for me, more important than wins in these tournaments are quality performances. And that's where I have big asterisks with this Canadian team. We don't see quality. We don't see any type of, you know, sometimes individually as a team. And I think that with the players that we have and how well they do in their domestic leagues and everything, a lot of that, you know, you need to look to Herdman and say, okay, why hasn't he gotten the best out of these guys in these international games. I'm not saying it's all on Herdman, but you know, it is, that's the point of a manager, right? Like look what Pep's done with, with certain players and, and and his city team, you know, it's obviously two. you know, you're, you're looking at two different situations, but there needs to be a time where, you know, when you have, again, Kyle Laird, Jonathan David, Richie LaRea, Alfonso Davis, Alistair Johnson, you know, we have a team full of talents. And why aren't we able to have a quality performance against the US? We have so much young talent on the field yesterday. Why can't we beat Guadalupe? Tactical decisions. Sometimes you got to look to Herdman saying, what's the disconnect between having this talent and winning these games or having these quality performances?
3: And I, I mean, I think a, a great example maybe is uh, comparing national teams. Is you look at Saudi Arabia at the World yes. Cup in, in 2022, they were able to defeat Argentina. Sure. But like, you know, there's no real star name on Saudi Arabia. Like there's no Alfonso Davies, no Jonathan Davies. You don't have a player who's cooking in Europe or something. They're all for the most part, they're players within Saudi Arabia and they're getting sure. They got two losses in that group, but they beat Argentina and they created that storyline. They they created an upset and ultimately you want to see that from Canada. Potentially, not maybe against an Argentina, but, uh, you know, maybe an upset like against Belgium. We would have loved to see that it didn't happen. But like at, at this point, it's like you want to see Canada defeating the states, blowing out a Guadalupe. Like you would think maybe a three nil, four nil, three one and credit to Guadalupe. I saw a tweet actually somebody um, put out people don't realize how stacked these French territory teams are. Most players are developed in metropolitan uh, French soccer academies playing professionally mm-hmm. in Europe. Guadeloupe has more players on the pitch from first division clubs in Europe than Canada right now. Apparently I think in this tournament and uh, I'm trying to, he listed the cl- cl- clubs that these players are on. Um, let me see if we can find it. I can't find it at the moment, but it's actually interesting. Uh, oh yes. In the 22, 23 season, they had two players in league on one player in Syria, two players played in the Swiss first division, one player played in the Belgian first division. So it's interesting.
4: Yeah.
2: I'm, no. I'm, and, and I love that you bring that up Waz. no disrespect to Guadeloupe by any means, right. Or their players. Cause I think that they should feel like they won that game in a way match, right. In an important World cup match, but I just again the standard the game against Belgium's in my mind, and if Canada plays like that every game, they're giving every single opponent that they play a run for their money. We just haven't seen it since.
4: Mm-hmm. I, I'm taking a look at uh, Guadalupe's team now. Bordeaux is one of those teams too. Uh, Iaccio, uh, Torino, they yeah, a hundred Versailles, a hundred percent. They do have experience from those types of teams, but. This has been a tumultuous week and a half, 10 days for the Canadian men's national, the Canadian soccer organization. We talked about it after the States where uh, John Herdman said that this team needs more funds to be able to run a longer camp, uh, have all the resources that they need. And then they come out this week and say that they're, thinking of filing for bankruptcy. Now you have this type of result and you're all sitting here going how much of a cloud does this really stand or or loom over Canadian soccer? Is this really something that we should truly be worried about, especially considering the talk that Canada might not even participate in the international break in what November, October, which isn't yeah. great.
3: I think I think I saw Jason Navas like mention like that Um, they're not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Devin Harrow, he asked Jason DeVos about the financial difficulties. He says Canada soccer is not contemplating bankruptcy and it is not discussing bankruptcy internally as a strategy or as an outcome. Which I wonder
2: if he said that because he realized how many people after like his initial interview with TSN with Rick Westhead were like concerned about that. Yeah,
4: but that seems it, just like a uh, 180. And I,
3: I know some people will say, it's like, oh, uh, you know, who cares? Who cares? I'm like, you don't hear this happening with any other national team in the world, especially one that just went to the World Cup, mm-hmm. right? It's
4: weird.
2: A hundred percent. And, you know, Brett, back to your question about can Canada get to where the U.S. team is, This, t- when you first asked that, the biggest flag that went off in my head is, yeah, they need <laughs> – they need resources. And it's interesting because when John Herdman first said that after the Canada-U.S. game, the reason why I didn't like it was because it, and I'm not saying this was his intention, I'm saying the way I perceived the comment was, it almost felt like an excuse for that, for a poor performance against the U.S. And in my opinion, there was no excuse for that performance. So I almost didn't like the timing of it. But then when this interview came out on TSN, you're like, okay, if the situation's so bad that Canada... Could could be contemplating bankruptcy Th- that is very concerning and then john Herdman saying you know things like they needed to fundraise for chartered flights and all of these things that's concerning oh my God, yeah yeah it's very concerning it's it's unfortunate that this is a topic of discussion when the copa in america's next year and canada has to qualify and has the absolute you know uh, Unbelievable opportunity to play amongst some of the best teams in the world and kind of dip their toe into other teams. You know, like we're, we're always playing CONCACAF teams. It'd be great to be playing a team like Ecuador and seeing how, and seeing how we do the world cup we're hosting and the poor women's team who are coming off an Olympic gold are preparing for their world cup in Australia in less than a month away. And we're talking about how bankruptcy might be an option. That's that's so unfortunate after the strides the men have made to qualify for the first world cup in 36 years, after everything, the women's team has done, you know, a very successful program. It's so unfortunate to, to think, I'm like, where's all this money going? Like, what's the problem? Like, how are we not organizing funding and sponsorship and dollars and camps the way it should be like, who's in charge of all of this? This is where it, me as a former player and, and now me as a fan, how is like how is this possible? And then in that, in that you do have to give John Herdman some grace because he can only do so much with Mm -hmm. what he has. There's probably so much going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. And Mm -hmm. I do agree with him for Canada to be a serious footballing nation. Those resources need to be in place. I do agree with them. It's just the timing of when he said it, the way I perceived it didn't, feel right but if this is the reality of the situation yeah absolutely he's right
3: sorry Brett Um, I swear to god I saw a tweet after the gold cup that someone I think apparently got on their plane and saw like Jonathan David and a few other Canadian men's national team members on their flight right mm-hmm. and sitting in couch or whatever i don't know what that means sorry but it's just coach, coach, coach thank you coach. yeah it's like why like that's wild
4: that's that's, that's like, yeah it- yeah go ahead but it, this even goes to, I think we can even trace this back to the fact that Canada didn't get new World Cup kits. Yeah, uh, ba- bar- and then they, Cup recently
3: Cup. they got new kits and they're barely changed. Somebody even yeah, put out a tweet that uh, Guadalupe had better kits than us.
4: <laughs> I yes. thought it was our kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> step out and I was like oh nice we're wearing our reds and then I was like oh hold the Canadian on women,
3: no, the no. Canadian Women's National team of Fire Kits by the way I wish we yeah, had yeah, those I don't, I don't know why they they don't both wear them I don't know understand that but it's okay
4: but again this this it concerns me cuz it goes maybe back to that the the jersey debacle the fact that they don't have these jerseys you mentioned the the women's world cup that is coming up for between the two teams have shown the greatest amount of success over the last 10 20 years has been that women's team and what are we t- sitting here talking about right now anything but and, and that's the issue, and that seems to be the issue for Canada Soccer for a very oh, long yeah. time. It seems like the conversation has rarely ever been on the team and the players yeah. and the that are actually bringing in money for these this federation. We're always talking about what's going on at the top, what's going wrong. At the top. And it's just an unfortunate pattern, it seems like.
2: And guys, we can all speak to this. This is the first time for us football fans, how happy we are that the our country, which is typically known as a hockey country, is embracing the sport of football and is excited about it. And you know, you know, parents are trying to probably put their young kids into the sport of football because they they see Alfonso Davies, they see Jonathan David, they say this could be our kid, they could be going to the World Cup. Like the the interest level and the love for the sport is at an all-time high, nothing like we've seen in the past. And it's just scary to think that when it's at an all-time high with the success of both the men's and the women's team, we are talking about bankruptcy, the potential of bankruptcy, like that's what's going on in the media. Like that's what, and if that's what they're sharing with the media, again, I'm alluding to the TSN article a couple of days ago, imagine the conversations Mm -hmm. away from the media, like what's really going on. Mm -hmm. This is where you feel for, you know, both programs, you feel for the the coaches in charge of both programs because they know a lot more than we know. And Mm -hmm. yeah, resources are incredibly important. If they don't have money, if they don't have time, if they don't have the ability to go to camps, how are we supposed to, how are they supposed to, we, like I'm on a team, how are they supposed (laughs) to, you know, mesh and gel with that being said? not always, you know, can't always say that, that that's the excuse because there are many countries who like Iceland, for example, when, you know, they had that crazy run in the Euro, these guys like playing football was their part-time job. Like half of them were like full-time dentists Mm -hmm. and whatever. So It's not always the excuse, but for us to build on that. And the fact that we're hosting the world cup in 2026, and that's going to be a really big deal for us we need to get out of that group stage and we need to win games. And for that to happen, we need resources.
4: Caroline, you said it. And this, I think goes beyond what happens on the pitch. It's beyond even Canada soccer almost, but you mentioned their kids and families mm-hmm. all across Canada right now that are looking at Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David, Stefan Astacchio, Richie Lorea, all these, uh, Alistair mm-hmm. Johnson, Milan Borean who came from a war ravaged country as yep. well, who are now sitting there and watching and going, hell, my kid can do that too. And we, you talk about how Canada is a hockey country. Well, Hockey is also one of the least accessible sports to people because of money. Soccer is the complete opposite and the fact that you you mentioned the camps you mentioned just how much the money isn't going to, and this trickles down from the top to the grassroots level and think about all the the families and the kids who are coming in from war ravaged countries from poor situations who are coming to Canada for that better life and you can take a look at almost any of those Canadian players and it's the beauty of Canada they call it a melting pot mm-hmm. for a reason there are so many many different cultures that creates canada and that makes canada canada Mm -hmm. and you see those top stars like alfonso davies who came from a a war who came from poor situation guys again like milan borian who came from war ravaged countries and when he got the opportunity to decide between serbia and canada he said i wanted to give back to the country, that gave me something. And there are so many other Canadians around Canada that want to do the same thing. And if they're not given the, the resources, the camps, the ability to do so, you're not only damaging the sport in Canada, you're not damaging your, your, your name, your, the Canadian Federation, you're damaging Canada. You're damaging the next generation of Canadians. And if this is truly, despite the fact that you go to the World Cup for the first time in 36 years, you're going to host the World Cup. All this hype about it, right?
3: Like, you want to deliver.
4: You have guys like Lionel Messi coming into the MLS and growing the sport in North America, not just America, North America as well. And if this is really going to be the plateau, the peak for Canada soccer with David Davies, all these players, that's kind of sad. Mm -hmm.
2: I think that was perfectly said, Brett. I wouldn't add anything, you know, for me, it's you make a video about Canada you know, and, and you put it on our social media channels and everyone not everyone, but there's you know, some people saying, Stick to hockey. And and I oh, can't why wait
3: for, that once. You
2: know, I can't wait for the day where it is we're Canada will always be a hockey country, but it's like wow, okay, you know, we're known for this really incredible run at the World Cup, or maybe we have this incredible run at the Copa America, and that's the potential. We saw it again. I know I always, I, I'm just you know hitting home with this fact against Belgium, but I think I'm so passionate about it because we know it's in this team from from Herdman oh, yeah. to all the players to the players on the uh, on the bench. It's it, it's capable. It's they have the ability. It's just how is it going to be consistent now? How do we make make the quality consistent? How do we have a really good, you know, people were like, okay, we beat Panama, but how do we take that performance from Panama and find a way to beat the U S the next day? So it's just all these things that really, really matter. I think that that's what people need to understand is these things matter for the entire development of the sport in our country. And the worst thing that could happen is we host the world cup in 2026. And as a host country, you make records for all the wrong reasons and people can read between the lines there. Um, that would be worst case scenario. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but in order for that not to happen, resources, funding, the Canadian soccer association needs to get their ducks in a row. And I'm putting that very Mm -hmm. politely, you know, to give to put these men and women in optimal positions for success. And then, you know, the coaching staff needs to go to work that's what needs to mm-hmm. happen because I have such high hopes for this team in 2026. We're probably going to be working it. We're going to be there. We're going to be excited. You, we're going to support this team no matter what good games and bad games. And we're always going to be fans, right? Like we could be upset with them after a game and we could be saying, okay, this was terrible, but we're always going to watch the next game and we're always going to root for them. It's just, now it's like, how do we get to that next stage? And the next stage for me is this team has the ability after getting the experience from Qatar to, to, get out of a group stage in a world cup where they're going to get a lot of home fans no matter where they play. Um if they don't already have, you know, a game within Canada, a lot of fans are going to travel to the US, a lot of fans are going to travel to Mexico and they have a really big opportunity to do something massive, massive in this country and it's just I hope we can get there. I hope we can get there. Like the next Gold Cup game is what on the weekend.
4: On July 1st, Saturday. Okay. I was just going to mention Good that. Good juju. Canada, Good juju. 100%. Uh, 7.30, uh, that's mountain time, which is where we're at, uh, against Guatemala. That is a match you have to show up to. And I'm hoping, and uh, let's let's kind of end this on a positive note, let's give love to Ali Ahmed, Vito, yeah. those types of players. We already um, have, but, but, but again, let's give them those love that love because... They're going to need to show up. Cavallini, too. They're going to need to show up against Guatemala on Canada Day and prove to everybody that this is the team that everybody expects them to be.
3: Yeah. And also, I think uh, Dominic Zator uh, yeah. uh, play, yeah. uh, got subbed in. I think he's the first former player from the Canadian Premier League to play for com- in a competitive match for
4: Canada. Hmm. So. Interesting. Very- yeah. Yes, he did get in in the ninetieth
1: minute.
2: Yeah. Uh, to reiterate, there there were some positives. You know, Brett. Just to say what you were you were touching on, we mentioned Ali Ahmed. I, I can't wait to see that kid play more. And I didn't know about his situation. You know, where he was. knocked out cold. That's horrible. But he, he was such great work ethic and, you know, he made things happen and, and I loved watching him play and Hoylet and Liam Miller and Cavallini worked really hard and Russell Rowe, you know, I want to see more of these guys come in and, they have the ability to get a, to, to get the W. They do. You can't convince me that just because it wasn't Canada's starting 11 that they can't do it. This is a team that absolutely can. And not only can, it's like it's a must win for them. Honestly, they need to treat this as a must win because the Canadian fans, we need to see a good quality, hungry, hardworking performance.
4: Well, and we mentioned that this is... Tournament still. Yes. This is So yes, they do need to win or You might not move on Um, I also do want to give some love to Charles Andreas Brim who came on A little later on. He looked very good Uh, Always one of those players that when I Play FIFA and play for the national team I'm coming in next to, so I was like, hey, what's up Um, yeah, no, I, him and uh, who's the other player that uh, I want to give love to? I don't uh, remember. But, oh, no, it was Ali Ahmed. What I wanted to say about Ali Ahmed is, you know who he kind of reminded me of in that midfield? Is Ishmael Koenig. He, he has that length. He has that that ability to deliver a ball down the wing. He, again, he has that size. He, he, I think he looks a lot like a younger, which is kind of weird to say because he is young as heck. Actually, I think he's older than Ishmael Kone, but he looks a lot like and has the skill set of uh, Ishmael.
2: Didn't Kone, so he, he assisted Larea on that second goal, right? Uh,
4: I, t- t- yes, but it was an own goal. They oh, counted it as But he
2: made own it goal, happen. Yes.
4: It was his play. It was Larea to uh, Ahmed back into the Yeah, ball. I thought
2: Ahmed's pass was like cheeky. It was a very smart pass because he mm-hmm. kind of lofted it a little bit and it's not easy to do and he put like the right amount of force on that and I I just think he's a smart player and I want this guy to get more experience because again this is going to help Canada that when they need a depth player you know to come on and and replace someone Ahmed's going to get the the job done so yeah I'm excited for the for the, the for these young guys to get that experience to get that to work on Canada's depth but they can still string together a win which is a must win and Hopefully, our next episode, we're like, wow, we feel good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
4: exactly. Basking in the glory. What's
2: one thing before we wrap up this episode? One thing you want to see this Canadian team do in their game against Guatemala uh, that you haven't seen them really do in their last few games that you think would help them win the game?
4: For me, it's shoot more, get, just get shots on net, whether it's in the attacking third, whether you're outside the box, I don't even care if yeah. you're, you're near midfield, just, just force the opposition's hand, force the defender's hand, do what you need to enough with these pretty passing and, and getting balls stuck in our feet. Once you have an opportunity, just rip it on net. You never know what's going to happen. Rebound ball off the yep. post, uh, anything just get balls to the net
2: retweet brett holden exactly exactly <laughs> how i feel my dad always told me when i played if you were playing against uh, a weaker side or if it was raining he would say Oh, shoot from distance shoot as much as you can test the goalkeeper especially if it's raining i know it's probably not going to be raining but you know he always gave me these good little tidbits you know it's likely that a goalie's not going to be able to hold on to the ball and there's going to be a rebound and that's something that's always stuck with me so sometimes when i don't see canada taking those danger attempts. Um, I'm like, Oh, you know, try, you don't know, right? Like it'd be nice to see like a nice crazy strike where we're all like, whoo, that's good. Or, you know, like this player can really take a crack at it. And then all of a sudden that player gets confidence and they're doing it more often. And then all of a sudden they start scoring goals and you know, we're, we're finding new ways to score goals. So absolutely agree. I'd love to see that. Even if the first few don't go the way Canada wants them, you know, maybe they're shanked. Maybe they're really far wide. Take them, take them, take them. Because if we're not taking them, we're never going to score. So it's very important for Canada. I almost feel like to start getting into that cadence where midfielders have that confidence. You know, the strikers up top have the confidence. It doesn't always have to be pretty. It has to be at times dangerous. So I'm looking forward to maybe hopefully we can you know regroup with that next week and see if if, if Canada did that. Wazi.
3: Oh I got I've got nothing <laughs> else to say sir.
2: You don't have one <laughs> but, thing for Canada to improve on. I just
4: hope week. they get do better.
2: Just overall? Do better. <laughs> yes. Waz is like Thanks, Waz. Waz is like they really need to to raise the bar. And back to you in the yeah. studio. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Okay, guys. Well, let us know what you think. It seems like we have a lot of Canadian and American listeners. So let us know what you think uh, about Canada's performance. And when does the U.S. play next? Because it'd also be good to see. They also tied against Jamaica. They drew.
4: They did, which is another... Uh, a. Big, big uh, result. They play today. They play against Saint Kitts and Nevis at uh, seven thirty. Uh, no.
2: So yeah, we'll 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 recap as much as we can, and and definitely we'll be watching Canada versus Guatemala on Saturday. Happy Canada Day, everyone! And we'll be back next week to break down what we thought of that game. So thanks, everyone. Let us know what you think. And this has been kicked back and the Sunday League pundits presented by Betway. Waz, Brett Caroline? Peace out, everyone. See you next time